You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to episode 16 of Storyteller Conclave. This is a show all about helping you run the best tabletop role-playing game that you can. Whether you're a new storyteller or dungeon master learning the craft, or an experienced storyteller looking to take your game to the next level, I am Sarah. And I'm Rob. How are we doing? Uh, yeah, I think, I, I, I think we're here. <laughs> I think that's the that's stage one. Stage one is we're here. Stage two is that things are working. Things are things, things are, are working. working. So. We're both here. We're yeah. both relatively healthy in our own ways. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We, we're getting past the scares and the uh, uh, the medications. So we'll see how things go from there. And you've got a birthday coming up. This I weekend. do. So I do on Saturday. A big, a big on the air birthday shot. Oh I'm no! You. Yes. Oh, so it's on record. It's on record that it's I have a birthday. Son of a gun. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. You're appreciate very welcome. It. Yeah. For all you guys who want to know how old I am, too bad. Um, so. Uh, Get dunked on. That's right. <laughs> Dunk. Anywho, uh, we still have our Patreon up. We love our Patreon members. We got another new Patreon member who will be starting uh, next month. Now, uh, I do have a question for our, our people who are listening in. Um, for those of you who uh, are looking to be members because we're getting them a little more regularly and it's more than I kind of expected in the flow that we were getting. Mm-hmm. Would you prefer to have it? Uh, build instantly because right now we're doing the monthly thing where it's like a subscription and it makes it easier yep. there's a lot more kind of things but we can switch it to where basically it happens instantaneously and you get updated on the patreon and everything goes and your billing doesn't your basically billing happens instantly so let me know on discord what you think about that and what you would prefer and we can always switch it but right now i'm doing it monthly and it seems to be working pretty well for the most part from what i can tell yeah, I mean, so no, it doesn't no, make much no of a difference. news so far is good news yeah but... it, it's not broken except for that stupid discord bot that they have but you know what? Just let me know if you guys lose rights or anything like that, and we will get that fixed instantaneously. Rob will fight a robot for I, you. I will fight a robot for you. Yes. Speaking of fighting robots and other big things, uh, we have big plots, and we cannot lie. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, those other storytellers can't deny. Mm-mm. When a plot what? walks in with a... Itty bitty arc and uh, we're stretching this one. Yeah, really that's going far. I mean, I, if I would have taken more time, I probably could have written something. But yeah, yeah. I, I will, I will say <laughs> that that's too much effort for for what effort we've already put in on this damn topic. Exactly. So exactly, uh, we are not going to get through all of it, but we are damn sure going to try and have a good conversation about this. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna have a pretty good healthy conversation about. And I will uh, say the Discord had a damn healthy conversation just in the last like forty eight hours about it. Oh yeah, I'm like I'm loving. Yeah, all I the, really all am. The, all the great like, discussion that goes on in the Discord. If uh, if you're listening to the show and you are not in the discord i highly encourage yeah. you to just just peek it out there we have a really great community already on there there's constantly discussion on there there's several yeah. different channels for discussing your campaign looking for advice even just posting just random stuff on mm-hmm. there definitely um, and it's a very helpful community that we fostered so far yeah um 
everybody's more than willing to jump in with their own little snippet of expertise. Yeah, and, and sometimes uh, they'll talk on multiple channels. So, like, if you throw a question at us, it doesn't mean that we're going to be the only ones answering it. Yeah, exactly. So uh, understand that the whole community is there behind you, and mm-hmm. they're there to help. It's I, There's never negativity in it, which I love. I just love that. About, I mean, granted, yeah. we're negative about certain systems and things like that on occasion. But again, we all talk about it with an open mind frame sure, for the most part. Sure, 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 yeah. So, all right. we need, uh, Maybe topic? Do we want to get back to topic? Uh, yeah. Um, all right. So to this, this week, we're going to be talking about the uh, the, the the big stories, yeah. uh, you know, writing the campaign, bah, bah, bah. Uh, where you've got, you know, maybe maybe you're planning on just playing for the next three years with you know with your group of people or or, or longer, or you maybe know? you've got a group and things have been going really well and they're like, hey, can we do something bigger? And you're like, sure, I'll work on an epic arc. Yeah, exactly. You know, or, and, or maybe that one shot went really well and they're like, hey, look, well. can we can we do this more? Yeah, and you can be like, okay, I can. I can yeah, write you dropped your A game at the beginning and they were like, dude, do more, and you're like, uh, okay. Oh. Oh, never drop your A game at the beginning. <laughs> never show them the A game. <laughs> never show them the A game. Always save it. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it can be it can be pretty daunting. Yeah. So, um, when you're thinking like, oh, I'm going to write a big story that is going to span across, you know, 20, 30, 40 game sessions, go on for years, something like that. Um, you know, or or even just something more outside of the scope of your one shots, where you've got you know a, a lengthy sort of arc that's going to take you through. Maybe multiple acts. Maybe you know, yeah. you've got a big bad villain. Maybe you want to take your characters if you're playing D&D from like level one all the way to level 20. How do you do that? Well, you know? I mean – and I think some of it also comes from the fact that like – and this this is almost hard for us to dissect because it's something we naturally think about. Mm-hmm. Like we and, – and I think a big problem with that is that we build worlds and include arcs yeah. and – think that they're very similar but they're not like a a world is its own thing it's a setting mm-hmm. but the story of that arc is is within it it's a part of it's, that it's world. stuff that happens in the world right. right right i mean you can write the cimmerillion but that's not lord of the rings mm-hmm. it's it's, it's the world history. it's a bunch of history it's it tells a lot about the world backstory it's great yeah. world building yeah exactly but it's not it's not actually the plot a plot is something that moves with your players mm-hmm. in the setting and it can be pulled from technically pulled from the setting and put in a different setting. And I think that's the neat part about writing larger plot arcs because the small ones are scenes. Like you can always yeah. capture a scene or a moment and there's only so many stories that can be told. Mm-hmm. But I mean in truth what it comes down to is you could grab the plot of Princess Bride and throw it into some other world and it would still be that plot line yeah, and yeah, arc. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that we we need to start by a second. So let's – if we start with stories, like existing stories, and we say what is a big plot arc, I think Lord of the Rings is a great place to start. Lord of the Rings is a, is a good place. It's, and you it's could one go, of the more famous ones. Yeah, you can definitely. go through a lot of that. But I would say if you if we just stick to something like um, uh, the Fellowship story, mm-hmm. you know, it's big. It is epic without a doubt. Sure. But you can look at that plot and if you follow it as the main characters, which I will call the hobbits, we'll just use them as the main characters. Yeah. Um, because realistically, I kind of feel they're that way. Um, you can very simply extract that plot for those characters, regardless of who they are, and throw it into some other world. You can mm-hmm. you could throw it into contemporary if you want to, which is kind of what sh- you know Shakespeare gives us the ability to do. Oh, yeah. It is yeah, just yeah. a fluid plot in a setting, and you could change the setting and the form. Uh, you, I, I used to go to Stratford all the time in mm-hmm. Canada and see different versions 
where the the text is unchanged, the mm-hmm. words are unchanged, except like I saw Taming of the Shrew, except it was done in a 1950s gangster motif, yep, America. Yep. And people are like Italian and they're spitting when they talk about someone who's just died. Uh-huh. But it's still Taming of the Shrew. And it's 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 kind of a, a, a mind mess when you think about it that way. But it's a beautiful way of doing that. And I think that's one of the things you've got to remember is can I extract what I'm talking about to something else. Well, specifically Taming of the Shrew, uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. Oh, yeah. Is, uh, it's, it's not the, obviously the, the Shakespearean version of I it. I agree. But it is the story. Yep. Uh, and, uh, of course, there's that, that famous uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, Claire Danes version yes. of Romeo and Juliet. Which was beautiful out, again. Which actually was beautiful. I know it, a lot of people kind of give it a lot of side eye. But, right. But uh, I've heard from a lot of very reliable, knowledgeable people that that was probably one of the most uh, 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 faithful Accurate. adaptations yeah. of Romeo and Juliet. And they threw crazy music in it. And oh, yeah. they, I mean, they changed the, the feel soundtrack. of it, but I think it was, I think it was beautifully mm-hmm. done. It and was. I do agree the soundtrack was good. It was, it was absolutely. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're bringing Lord of the Rings to the table. Um, as far as epic stories go, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to reach a little outside my comfort zone and I'm going to say the original Star Wars trilogy. Okay. Is, I agree. Uh, is, is absolutely the place that I look to for my epic plot. Space opera. Yeah, space <laughs> opera. Um, I, I think, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't understand, uh, Star Wars fandom for a long time. Um, okay. until I realized that it's just D&D in space. I agree with You've that statement. You've got space wizards yep. and laser swords yep. and a castle you have to storm to uh, rescue the princess. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's – Epic it's villain. All, it's all fantasy tropes. 100%. Yeah. It's all fantasy tropes. It just takes place in space. So once, once I realized done, it was space D&D, it was yeah. – Yeah. I mean and, and honestly, it's the, it's the same thing. And again, you can extract that storyline mm-hmm. very simply. Yeah. And – the other thing that I think that we we look at is that you also have to remember to extract your character background histories from that too because the characters are not the story. They are mm-hmm. moving through the story. A lot of people say, well, how do you – you know, how do you handle specific characters and how do you handle certain backstories? The answer is you don't. You don't have to. They should fit into the world yeah. and that's it. They're just a member of society that now they're involved and and things move from that point. Yep. You know, um, the more you latch on and add in the histories, the more complex it gets. But I think those ha- give you uh, caveats to how they can change as somebody. And that's how you can get some of the, the change and, and development that a player can go through. Yeah, they're they're like they're like adding flavors to things, you know, I completely you, agree. You know, like you can you can have you can add like, you know, uh, vanilla Coke completely. But you're still drinking Coke. Right. Right. And and I think that. If you uh, if you start looking at stuff like that now, one of the things that um, I'm going to shift just a little bit because we're talking about character shift okay. versus plot, and I think this is a good way of doing it. One of the things that came up in the Discord discussion that we had actually talked about was you had brought up Burn Notice that you love the meta plot of Burn Notice and how yeah. it went through every episode. And one of the things that came up in the Discord was how people were talking about the serialized cartoons mm-hmm. where each one was separated. It was totally different. You could jump from cartoon to cartoon. It didn't matter. Yep. Same thing with TV shows. You know, you had these shows that didn't have a plot. They just had an episode. And mm-hmm. the episode was a completely condensed, serialized box. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, that might lead to the next one a little bit. But for the most part, like, you know, you you you, you never really entered in and added to. There was never something that was carrying in the background. Right, right. But then you get to these new shows that like Burn Notice where they're always adding to the plot. But the reason what they're doing in the show 
revolves around something to do with that addition that they're doing with the, the movement of it forward. Right, right. And I think that gets us closer to what the classic D&D people really like the art of getting to a tabletop role playing and making a session meaningful. You're mm-hmm. showing a you're showing a moment of time, you know, and that moment in time is going to add and move the plot forward, but it's its own moment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's its own interaction, it's got to have its own uh plot circle and story circle to go through. But you're still moving the story forward a little bit. You're carrying through an element of it. There's the reason why you go to this city to meet with this rogue is because you're getting information. You know that you're going to find out where, you know, this villain's layer is mm-hmm. by talking to this rogue. But getting to there now, you don't just immediately get the information from him. He needs you to be trusted and to trust you. He needs you to go steal something for him. Yes. You know, and so now you've, you've got, got to do that thing. Right. You've got a mini story now mm-hmm. where, where you've got a heist story. Correct. OK. But that heist story is for a reason that ties back into your larger overarching plot. Right. And you may learn something about him. Maybe mm-hmm. it wasn't a heist in the in the root sense of it. You were actually stealing back something his daughter got taken from his daughter when his wife and daughter were murdered right right you know it's the last token that he has of her you know and now you know something different about him this villainous rogue that you didn't know anything about mm-hmm. and that's the kind of of plot role that you want to have that's outside of a setting right you know right. it's outside of that feel that giant world that you you want because i think a lot of people want to build that but then lose themselves, and where does the plot fit into it? I, th- I think it's a, it's a where do they where does the plot fit into it? And I think a lot of people, I, and by a lot of people, I mean me. Yeah. Uh, overthink it a lot. Oh yeah. Uh, where you know you look at the I know I've said I've said this before. You look at the end goal, and you're like, right. I want this big, sprawling, entwined, complicated. You forgot the word political. Go ahead, throw it in there. But 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 I, I want <laughs> I, I want this like. Gigantic, you know. I I want to make make you know Song of Fire nice. I want to make right. Game of Thrones. I right. want to make this, you know, seven different factions all playing against each other. Sure, and wars and betrayals. And You're ready. Magic. And it's good to read. It's it, it is good to read. But <laughs> and and don't get me wrong. It's fun to play some of those things out if you can sure. pull it, if you can pull it off. Right. But you're not just going to start with that. God no. You know, and and looking at that and thinking to yourself, how am I going to write that? Is just not going to spill out of your head in an afternoon, no. you know. And so, the 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 big question then begins: What sort of structure are you going to follow if you are going to be writing something like that? You know, what are your do's and don'ts? How do you take something big like that and break it down into small enough bites that you can that you can lay something like that out? And how do you avoid? Pitfalls, yeah, because there's quite a few that you can easily fall into. That I think both of us have fallen into. Mm -hmm. I I I wrote some down down some do's and don'ts, but really a lot of those are my own pitfalls. That I was like, don't do this, but you should do this. You know. So so one one thing one thing uh, that that I realized. and, and actually, pr- pretty recently, it's uh, I think one of the great things about doing this show is that I've realized that there's a lot of stuff that I do mechanically, but I do it without thinking about it, just out of experience because it's worked. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I didn't know how to quantify until we started actually looking at how do we explain this to people on our podcast, right? And one of the uh, the our, our episode a couple episodes ago about like the the Dan Harmon story circle. And, you know, that, that complete arc of a story, um, I started realizing that my grander arcs, my bigger plots, right. 
are just series of those. Right. That's all they are. Yeah. That's all you're doing is yep. linking little stories together. Correct. Into a big long one. And that's the serialized, you know, serialized design. I'm not even talking about serialized. Though. Well, I'm talking about it takes us 12 game sessions to get through a chapter, but that chapter takes us through the full arc. Right. And then another 12 game sessions Circle or so, arc, yeah. and, you know, and we play once a month. So I mean, that's a year's worth of content, yeah. you know, yeah. and your your characters have been through the ringer. There's been ups, there's been downs, mm-hmm. there's been danger, excitement, betrayal, et cetera, going through just one of those arcs. But when you end that arc, it has brought you another chapter closer to the bigger meta arc. Right. So let me explain more or less what I'm talking about. Break it here. down. OK. So my own campaign. Sure. Okay. Uh, so you've got bandits yes. out in in the Highlands, mm-hmm. and uh, they have been uh, basically ruining everybody's day, and they've organized themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of trade shipments are not making it through the Highlands and yep, such yep. like that, uh, and we're not really sure why the nearby city has not sent – militant forces to go deal with them sure but it seems like they have a stranglehold on there and the the the, the nearby town isn't doing anything right so your town says we need you to go figure this out right okay this is part one yep all right so you guys journey out there Mm -hmm. you figure out that uh they have a lot of people who have infiltrated the city Mm -hmm. um there are spies that are leveraging political you know blackmail and stuff like mm-hmm. that to keep the, the the political structure in check so that they won't send troops yeah so the story says everything's fine right uh and you've got the finance minister mm-hmm. who then says that uh who's who's basically on their payroll yeah he's on the take totally he's he's totally on the take he's taking bribes and is sending shipments through the highlands mm-hmm. so that they can get hijacked by the uh by the bandits right and it says it's essentially feeding them stuff. Yeah, and is getting and is getting a fat. Kick, he's getting out a percentage. Exactly, he's getting kick. kickbacks yep. out of it. Okay, so that's kind of your twist. Okay. Yes. Um, so then you're going to journey into the Highlands to actually have that confrontation with these bandits up close, mm-hmm. and uh, you're you've you've got some fights that go on there. Mm-hmm. Um. And then the the last part of that is when you kind of figure out just how deep that rabbit hole goes. Right. Um, you've had your final confrontation with that and then you find out basically that not only are there bandits going on there, but the person leading the bandits has a magical crown that drives yeah. people insane. Mm-hmm. And if they get insane enough, they turn into a monster. Right. A horrible pudding like gibbering mouther. Right. Horrible aberration monster. Which points to something much larger. Exactly. Now that's your final part of mm-hmm. the chapter where you're like, oh my god, this rabbit hole goes so much deeper than we ever knew possible. Yeah. Okay. So you've got this journey where you start out with a little bit of information. You have some plot twists. You get to this point. You have a final confrontation and bam, there we are. Yep. Okay. That's end of chapter, you know, chapter one or chapter sure. two, right? Yeah. Okay. Now we start the next arc, which is a whole other. St- okay. So you, at the, the end of the story circle, you come back to the, to the beginning. You return. You yep. return. You are okay. different, but you return. You are different because you have this different knowledge. Yep. You have this different perspective of what your true enemy is. Yep. And you have different perspective on what you need to do to resolve that. Yep. Now we're going to start that journey all over again. Right. And each episode mm-hmm. also has one of those 
turns in it. Right. And we're talking this is this is what 14 game sessions or so to get here. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you know, it's it's not a small shot. This is not no. a little one shot. This is no. a whole arc of a story. Mm-hmm. But now we're going to go and we're going to do this again and maybe there's going to be a fourth chapter. Maybe there's going to be a fifth chapter until right. we finally get this whole this whole bandit king thing resolved. Right. But we're going to keep going through those arcs. Yep. Of going out, having our conflict, having our twist, our resolution, and return. our return, our reassessment of, okay, what is actually going on here? Yep. And then we have another journey as we yep. go out. Yeah. And we basically link these things together mm-hmm. until we resolve the big meta plot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's literally it. That's that's the simplest way of laying it all out. Um, it's – the hard part is understanding – sometimes what content to create within that circle now Mm -hmm. granted you've got the story circle to help you on an individual show base you know episode Mm -hmm. basis and then you have looking at the circle where are you at in the circle for the meta plot the actual thing now you know some things make meta plots a little easier but i think um there is definitely a way to say that your meta plot can sometimes be driven by your characters a little bit on what they're discovering Mm -hmm. but i think you have to have a mind of what's really going on in your story to be able to direct them. Um, So you can't necessarily just see to the pants it from the very beginning. You have to have a thread. You have to have a a simple, concise answer or a statement for what your plot is. Mm -hmm. And again, it can be – it's that whole circle. What is it? What's your whole arc circle, your chapter, whatever you want to call it, you know? What is the answer to that piece in, you know, in Star Wars, it was, you know, defeat the Empire, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the simplistic term, blow up the Death Star. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to do every episode where, you know, we're going to blow up the Death Star, you know, but that's your chapter. That's not your episode. Your episode today might be, you know, uh, we are in Cloud City. Mm-hmm. You know, what happens in Cloud City? We we learn some things and things get, you know, things change. Oh, shit. You know, kind of a yep. moment. So. Remember that where you are in the circle, you know, for your chapter or whatever that – whatever you're going to call your circle run, right. you know, each – you don't have to actually have every episode be one of the positions going right. around and, it. You and don't and have I don't to have like – should. I mean you could at a, at a rudimentary level, but I don't think it's necessary and I think it can get – it can get challenging in your own mind to be like, oh, do I have to do it that way? And the answer is you don't. No, you don't. But I think it makes it a lot easier to see to move your plots in that direction. Mm-hmm. I think it. I think at a simplistic level, if you if you're feeling challenged, go back to the circle. Yeah. yeah. Like try and do your whole arc in the circle and think about what's going to happen in each one of those turns, and then fit that into your episodes. Right. Right. Wherever they might be, and you know, don't take twelve episodes to get from there starting out as players to. Uh, finding out what they're supposed to be doing, like that's that doesn't help anyone. Yeah, you know, you want to you want to move through your points where it's I have the heroes, the heroes are are know what they're doing on the journey, they go to seek what they're going to find, they find the thing, it's not what they expect, they return changed people. Mm-hmm. There you go. If you if you know where you are on that circle and you're moving through it, your players will feel it and recognize it. And and if you ever lose that too, you're basically just just always just to ask yourself the simple question: How does what I'm writing right now advance my plot? Right. You know, and if and if your answer is, uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe it doesn't. 
are, are they are they learning something? Right. Are they gaining something? Like some sort of MacGuffin yep. that's going to help them on their way? Uh, are they meeting someone who's important to the plot? Right. If the answer to all those questions are no, then maybe what you're writing is extraneous. Yeah. And sometimes that's fun. Yeah. Like sometimes sometimes, sometimes, sometimes okay you need away. a popcorn episode where, you know, all the players change bodies, uh-huh. you know, and now they're all playing different characters because their minds got flipped to a different body. Silly, silly. You know, sure. Whatever. That happens all the time. You need to change it up every once in a while. Sometimes your players end up in a weird place and you're like, I don't know what to do here. I'm just going to throw something at them and mm-hmm. figure out what I'm going to do. That's great. That's fine. Just don't do it every week. You know, if you want to get through a plot, don't do that every week. Yep. So keep keep your focus, I would say, definitely. Um, and like uh, one of the things that uh, uh, digital RPGs do really well is when you come to a new era area, mm-hmm. you know that there's, you know, there's that icon that basically tells you this is the main plot line. You can go to this person and this is the main plot line. But if you want to do a side quest, there's like five people over here who need help, mm-hmm. you know, to do whatever they're going to do. And you might get some more information and maybe some world stuff, you know. That's effectively what you're doing. Like mm-hmm. they they learned that from somebody else, by the way. Like yep. digital games didn't just come up with that as like a whole call. Oh, that's a really cool idea. No, that's literally how storytelling in a tabletop sense is, sure. is done on a thing. So use that mind frame is that give your players the availability to do that, to just run the plot, but understand that you need to simplify what the side plots are. Don't You don't have to have every NPC interact with them on a personal level and give them a name. If they're like, you know, hey, we walk into a tavern, okay? Uh, there are three taverns. One of them is the Sandy Horse. One of them is the Shady Hook. And one of them is the uh, the great, the old fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, I'm, we're going to go to the old fighter. Excellent. They walk in. There's a large burly man behind the counter. Great. I'd like to know his name. Ted. Yep. There's a mace behind the wall and he's missing his right arm. Oh, I want to find out more about Ted. Ted's a little scared of you. He only has one arm. <laughs> so he's, uh, he's going to be a little distant from you. On the other hand, and... There's your there, there's your step to go thing. You don't always have to give them hard direction or let the inquisitive super players go into super inquisitive plots. If you want to do that, you can. And you can definitely set it into an exploration game. But if your players want plot and you've discussed that as a boundary, then kind of help them keep to the plots that you're outlaying. Mm-hmm. And – and keep that focus and remember that you can let them go where they want to go and the plot may follow them there. You may have to move that encounter that you expected to be in the city where the little girl gets stolen, you know, to somewhere in the woods where it's a family literally being chased in the woods that they encounter one night. Mm-hmm. That's a simple change. Again, plot shouldn't depend on setting necessarily. It helps. It definitely gives it flavor, but it shouldn't depend on setting. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, keep in mind, too, that, um, you know, your NPCs and your locations also are, may have plots of their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, locations may have plots of their own. Your villains have plots of their own. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you're writing, and you you don't always have to put all of your uh, all of your eggs in your play in your in your players' baskets. Yep. You know, uh, it's it's very heroic to mm-hmm. do so to have a player driven story. Yep. You want them to be making the majority of the decisions, driving the majority of the action, because it feels better that way. Yep. To to act rather than be acted upon. Right. Certainly. But keep in mind that if things get slow, especially if things get slow, your villains are not sitting idly in a castle somewhere waiting nope. for some heroes to come conquer them. Yep. 
you know, they are doing things. They are out there, uh, you know, creating opposition. They are out there trying to push their own agenda, uh, get their own artifacts to, you know, defeat the defeat the, the PCs. They may not even know about the PCs, but they might find out if the PCs do something big enough, and that may change what they're doing. You know, mm-hmm. so always think about what's going on in the world around them. Uh, one of the the uh, Things that I think like digital games do very well mm-hmm. um, is that you know your reputation in an area. Oh, dude, I your, saw you write that, and I was like, we need to talk about reputation. Your PCs, you know, will will affect areas. You yeah. know, if you go in there and you know you save them from a troll yes. that you know got out of its lair and moved into the middle of town, mm-hmm. and you not only defeated the troll but solved the the murder mm-hmm. that created the ghost that scared it out of its lair in the first place. Yes. Those people are going to be pretty darn grateful, especially if they're nothing more than a fishing village. Likewise, if you're in a giant bandit cove and your ship is leaving and the literally one of the biggest, baddest, most bloodthirsty captains is starting to chase you down and his first mate is leading a charge and you lay that first mate out – in cold blood in front of all of the other bandits who are running from that guy as well, you can get a name for yourself that will carry with you for very long. In my own defense, (laughs) he was trying to board us and would have killed us, and I had a rifle. And you rolled exceptionally well. And I rolled exceptionally well. And I let her kill one of my villain's henchmen. (laughs) That villain, henchman, didn't hardly even get a line other than killed them whoops whoopsie <laughs> so there we go so things like that but let's let's talk about some things to keys to focus on because i don't want to so much talk about some of our failures which have happened in, in great detail over the years mm-hmm. uh, but these are things that i definitely like felt were important when i started looking at this and going yeah i remember moments like that yeah um one of the big things for me was players will lose sight of the plot and you if you hear your players going i don't know what's going on and it's not just one and it's not just two you know it's multiple players don't necessarily feel like you're failing just remember to keep sight of your own plot and keep them engaged mm-hmm. simplify your plot give yourself a simple statement a one sentence statement that is your plot save the princess destroy the ring uh sail across to the new world if you don't have a simple plot if you can't define your current chapter or your giant story arc in a single sentence for your players to to yourself, it is going to be exceptionally hard for you to move through it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the best thing you can do for yourself because that gives you the guidance to take a step back and go, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm knee deep in three assassination attempts and you know four factions and reputation and all this stuff. Like, what are my players doing again? Like, why are they even in this town? Yeah, why are why are we you know, halfway how did we across get the here? countryside you know, from the kingdom we're trying to save? What artifact are we trying find to Find that scrap of paper that it? you slipped onto your DM screen yep. that says, destroy the bad guy. And you go, oh, that's right. They're on their way to kill this guy. That's where we're going. Mm-hmm. You know, get back to that step and, and kind of just reframe. Take a moment, you know. Um, one of the things that you are really good at um, – is theme and style. So when we sit down at the table, there's always music and your your tam- your your tempo that you set in the mm-hmm. scene to let us know where we are. And I think that's something that you can do to reframe uh, with the players where they are in the story as well. Mm-hmm. So like 
if they're in a bad situation, paint it like a bad situation. You know, maybe they shouldn't be there. Maybe it's a scary thing. Maybe they really need to be concerned here because this is the part of the plot where you're going to find the bad things. Yep. You know, yep. give it a theme. Give it a, a sense of dread. You know, that's the part of the campaign you're in. And carry that, you know. Again, that doesn't necessarily have to translate to everything being dark. But I'm sorry. If you're in Ravenloft, it's dark. Mm-hmm. And there's a sense of kind of terrible things going on. Currently in my campaign, you guys are behind enemy lines. Yeah. And you better believe that that's going to be a major theme mm-hmm. in my narration and my storytelling that uh, there is an impending sense of danger because you are in enemy territory. Yep. Uh, okay, so less is more. Um, there's always people that are like bustling around in your RPGs. Uh, they they don't all need plots and stories. You know, let them be in the minds of your players. Um, but you know, you don't necessarily have to draw attention to them. Right. To everybody. Um, Honestly, not everybody has a story to tell. Not every NPC is a book waiting to happen. Right. You know, Um, so don't be afraid to just kind of, you know, use your background characters and whatnot. Just to make, again, make sure everything's focused on driving that story forward. Right. You know, whether it's the story for the night or the overall arc. Remember that like we were – like in the example that I gave where you've got a character that they're going to meet, an, a specific NPC they're going to meet. So that's the, the linchpin person. That mm-hmm. person has a history. But mm-hmm. his history is wrapped around that episode, that issue that they're dealing with, whether it's a couple of nights worth of stuff or whether it's one night. That guy is the reason why they're there. So mm-hmm. he's the linchpin for the whole thing and his backstory is that story. You don't want to then confuse that by throwing somebody else in there who – feels equally as important right into that right. scene draw them through that action make it a single point of reference the more people you throw at them for instance i wouldn't throw another assassin into that situation who's there trying to thwart you from doing your job mm-hmm. that would seem awkward unless it was directly understandably a reason there like maybe you know unless there was a, a the twist was is that his daughter didn't die and she's actually been reprogrammed and used by the other assassins group by using that you know object or whatever that mm-hmm. he wanted back. Great. That's perfect for the plot. That rolls that plot forward even further. Mm-hmm. That's great. But I wouldn't throw in like, I don't know, the paladin's god coming in and having a conversation with him about mercy. Like that doesn't add to the plot and it would just throw the whole feeling of the story off and maybe make the players question what they're doing. Right, right. You know, so you have to you have to remember to keep things down and keep those those stories to the important stories. I like what you've got written here. Give it flavor but don't make it a meal. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, all right, so what do we got here? Side stories are important. Uh, if your players are getting tired and need a break, uh, give it to them. In the form of a side story. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we, we mentioned this earlier. Uh, you know, still keep it a side story, but maybe take it easy on the focus of, uh, you know, uh, and, and focus on a particular player or something like that. You know, yeah. don't don't be afraid to diverge a little bit, but just make sure that you're not completely losing your plot in the process. Yeah. And remember that side stories can take the place of like a few scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, a player has a dream about their demon and mm-hmm. and gives a little bit of flavor toward his or her background story. Mm-hmm. Or you have another player who catches a bit of information about 
their backstory. Like maybe they're they've uh, maybe they're a monk from a, a forgotten monastery, mm-hmm. and they have a bit of history that they know a secret. And suddenly, you hand them something that they can read that no one else can read. That's a bit of side flavor that gives them a scene but don't attach that for multiple scenes in the same episode mm-hmm. add that flavor those moments of flair but chain them together and keep it off to a side literally just keep little notes to say okay i'm in step two of this background's arc mm-hmm. and then you can shift that forward and that's how you can get those like circles kind of moving and at the same time and and um, what i will add to that though is that um you're Characters' backstories are great little ways to fill in missing spots in your plot. Exactly. Like, for instance, if you, one of your players hands you a backstory that says, uh, a unknown group of bandits burned down my village two years ago, and that's why I'm homeless and have drifted into the party, you might hand that person back an email that says, actually, you do know the name of those bandits. Here is the name of those bandits. And Screw then those they, guys. And then fi- five game sessions later, when they hear that the bandit leader of the group of bandits that you're going up against is, you know, they hear his name mm-hmm. and you watch that character's eyes fill with fire while yep. everybody else goes, oh, that sounds important. Jot that down. Well, the other guy is sitting there in the corner going, he's here. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to burn them. Yes. Yeah. Now suddenly no. you have you have a nice little plot tie. No, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Really do like, and it gives those scenes, those moments for those scenes it that, really that does, they're yes. going to want. Yep. Um, politics are hard. I'm going to flat out say that politics are hard, and politics are hard for a lot of reasons. Um, having political intrigue in a game is an important thing to have, but like if you want to go full Game of Thrones, be prepared that it's watched by a lot of people, but done by few. I mean, realistically, not everyone knows what's going on in those and can manipulate them and can work through those. Traditionally, it's like in in most cases, it's NPC versus NPC. It's not the actual players doing the work. So you can lose focus and kind of feel like you're ignoring your players um, at the table if you've got all this on. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't systems and and definitely uh, game types where political intrigue is the game, but – Understand that when I'm talking about political intrigue, I'm literally talking about your world setting and your plot interacting with each other without necessarily the need of the players. Mm-hmm. That the players pick and poke at certain parts of it, but for the most part, it's happening outside of the player's purview. That's what I'm talking about with politics. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And uh, quite frankly, uh, politics is something that I struggle with a lot. It's hard. Um, it's it's something I always want to include, right? But I I acknowledged somewhere along the way in the last couple of years that I really suck at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, we're we're doing an adventuring romp. Yep, yep. <laughs> we are and, doing an adventuring romp. And I'll honestly say it: if you find that politics intrigue you, and it's a game style you really want to get into, mm-hmm. don't go after it. Like, don't look. You know, look at a DM and say, hey. You know, do you know what's currently going on in U.S. or, or Chinese politics? And if your DM is like, I got no idea, probably not the person who's going to run the best political campaign. Yeah. On the other hand, if you start that question and they immediately respond with you with like a, a diatribe or three links, that person might be a perfect DM for you to ru- to ask like, are you currently running any political intrigue games? Because I'm very interested. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, your, your your DMs will support that. So I'm going to say right now, I am not one of those DMs, but I can do some politics only because I play 7C. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So we'll just leave it at that. All right. Um, write less, imagine more. And, and I say this 
in a in a, a specific sense, and that is you don't need to create the whole super arc. You don't have to go into high detail and write out the scenes yeah. and and get this. I think we had this discussion years ago. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. Before you started your game, well before that. And you were writing a bunch of stuff, and I'm just like, stop! You don't, you don't need to go that detailed. And mm-hmm. you're like, why? I'm like, because most of my seventh C stuff, I'd write some basic stuff, and that's it. And yeah. things would happen because you're, things, things will happen. Your players yeah. will derail things. Your players will think of things you never thought of. You might say, you might write down like, hey, they could either do option A or option B, and I'm going to account for both of them. And then they're going to be like, we choose option Q, mm-hmm. and you're going to be like. Yeah, because the last thing you want to do is write a 30-page epic on how the king is trying to kill his daughter, and you're, it it's really has to do with this archduke who's off in the corner. And when they go in the first episode to go rep, rec, you know, rescue the princess and they find her, they're like, she's really cool. You know what? We're going to ha- launch a rebellion with her. And you're like, OK, I didn't account for that shit. Right. Right. But you know what? They're doing it and you're going to roll with it because you already know what the king is like. Mm-hmm. Just ignore the whole archduke and that whole side thing or maybe bring it in later. You know, have that guy be like, hey, I'll help you with your rebellion. Ah, uh, you know. So, so what's better to write then is what are the king's motivations? What is he trying to accomplish? Exactly. OK. And if nothing stands in his way, he might accomplish it. Correct. OK. And and then you already know how that plot arc finishes. OK. What is the daughter up to? Does she know that the king's motivations are like that? What will she do if she finds out? Right. What will she do if she never finds out? Exactly. Okay. Now you've got two ways that that plot could go. So when your party says, well, we join the we join the, the daughter, okay, well, now you know, they're going to tell her. So you already know what she's going to do when she finds out yep. because you wrote that. And then okay. don't write more. Don't go beyond those points. Yeah, you exactly. don't need to. Keep keep your arc to what it is. And the arc in this wasn't even either of them. The arc was save the princess. Mm-hmm. That's the arc. Simple enough. And in that arc discovery, you discover that the person trying to assassinate her is not who you thought. You know, it it wasn't this third party nation. It was actually the king who was trying to assassinate her so he could start a war. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's really what he wanted to do, and he didn't want her in power. You know, he wanted to be able to keep the seat of power and maybe do something weird with it. So now you have the twist. Now your players are back to being heroes. There's a princess with them who's alive who may or may not be known that she's alive. Mm-hmm. And that starts the next plot arc. And you're you're prepared. Now you can move forward in a new direction because you know – Because you've saved the princess and now you have to figure out what the hell to do with that. Correct. And yep. that's where these big plot arcs can be cut down into smaller things. And the players can take time between point A of learning from the king that their daughter has been taken and she's going to get murdered as soon as – you know where they can do it in a square in front of all these people and blah, blah, blah. And you have to rescue her and he fully intends on murdering you along the way mm-hmm. somewhere. Like after you either rescue her or whatever and you have all these events then that occur. But then when you get to her, which is the end of the plot, you learn what's really going on. And that's the art of of writing less is being prepared for the current that you're in. Yep. Let the setting stay. You've built a beautiful world. That's great. Lay the plot on top of it. Run that plot. This is uh, something I refer to as uh, writing an obstacle course. Yes, not a not a not a story. Yep. Um, and essentially, how I broke that down was simply: there are events mm-hmm. that will take place in probably in certain places, though you know, like you said, plot doesn't necessarily have to be tied to a place. Right. So there are events that can happen, you know, at certain times. Mm-hmm. 
depending on what, you know, other events that may trigger them and stuff like that. But they're, they're almost modular. Mm-hmm. Um, broken down. There are things that I know will probably happen unless yep. acted upon. Yep. Um, there are a couple, you know, little side dungeons for you guys. You guys are going into one uh, next next game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and 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 I've got a particular arc, but again, I don't have a this game session will be this. Mm-hmm. This game session will be that. And you know, there are just obstacles that I've put out there. And as you guys move through the story. You may come across some of these obstacles and it's up to you to figure out how you want to resolve them. Yep. But that's where they are and what they're doing. Exactly. And the player should always know where they're at during mm-hmm. that obstacle course. Yep. It's uh, it's the maze mentality versus the obstacle course mentality. You can make it a maze where they can't see the end mm-hmm. and that every turn is another turn maybe back or forward. But your players will get frustrated with that. Yep. If you give them an obstacle course where they can see the end and it makes yeah. sense where the ending is, then they don't mind going through the obstacles. They don't mm-hmm. mind going through those trials and tribulations because they're always able to see where the end is. And that's – it's a hard thing to do. It's easy to get lost in the weeds. Yep. Yep. So. Uh, OK. So don't leave them hanging. Oh, God. Yeah. Um. I know we've got some people in our in our particular group that hate cliffhangers with a passion. I will flat out say my wife will shoot me if I leave cliffhangers. She she said it so many times like Dude, you you wrap this episode. You freaking wrap this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um I I don't I I will admit I don't share her fiery burning passionate mm-hmm. hatred for the cliffhanger yeah. myself. I think a good cliffhanger is 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 okay. Sometimes I agree, but um, what I do respect, especially as a storyteller, is that a cliffhanger leaves a gap in the drama. Yes, between then and now. And if yeah. you're like our game group and you only play once a month, right? Then that is a month full of work and family yes. and maybe health concerns and all sorts of other stuff that's going to be going on, and you're going to forget what's going to happen and then right. you start next game and it's like and then suddenly the villain steps out and you're like oh oh yeah that's oh that's right that's right we were in that castle right okay right. oh and then the villain okay cool okay and now suddenly that doesn't have the you know the same mm-hmm. the same impact for you anymore and likewise i would say if the end of your story is the bad guy getting away mm-hmm. and you're seeing his ship sail off with three following it and the harbor burning and literally you've spent eight weeks of of gameplay, you know, trying to get your players to that point. And then suddenly they're like, wait, he's on it. Now we have to go sail after him. Mm-hmm. That That's a letdown and a cliffhang. Like you, you don't know what's going on at that point. Like what do we do now? That I think is another type of cliffhang that you've got to be careful of is yeah. because – if you if that is your like dangling thing that finally like oh we've got him and then he's gone mm-hmm. like the main the, the villain's gone what what do we do now right right that's that's a cliffhanger you don't want you always want your players to know that they have a conclusion at the end of a chapter and they know exactly what their next steps are yeah, especially at end of chapters yeah um, ends of game sessions you want to try to wrap it up as succinctly as possible it's not always doesn't possible always happen, but yeah. it doesn't always happen but definitely end of chapters yeah and they should feel the end of a story loop so whether it's an episode that spanned over a couple of nights because you know they didn't get through the encounters or things got struggled in that way mm-hmm. you always want to make sure at the end of that story they feel like they're at the end of that yep. story and they're returning yep. so that 
they feel the closure instead of it just being encounter, 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 encounter with plot dribbled in there, mm-hmm. you know, so. All right, your last one. Oh, man, you already started bringing this up. Reputation is important. Super important. Love your love your players. Your PCs are the center of your story. I'm not so. saying they have to be gods. I'm not no, saying that no, they no. have to be worshipped. But they're central to the story. Correct. So always remember that the longer that they're in the world, the more reputation, positive, negative, whatever it may be, they're going to get. You know, I'm sorry, but if you've been a you've been working for the same Johnson running through Seattle's streets for, you know, four months running jobs, you're going to get noticed Mm -hmm. maybe by other Johnsons, maybe by, you know, other people in town positively or negatively. Sure. That's a thing that's going to happen and do it. Your players are going to love it. It's a a side thing that can happen. You mentioned digital RPG games uh, like something like Elder Scrolls Online, I think, is really, really pretty good. Like if you complete parts of the main quest in certain areas, like when you walk through the city, instead of the vendors, you know, being like, hello or whatever, they'll be like, you're the person who saved the king. Right, right. You know, or something like that. I mean, it doesn't change anything necessarily about the world around you but at least you get that sense of acknowledgement that like you accomplished something here and people are taking notice it's something little you know or in our game the 18th day of second seed will always be crush fall that's right in the the village of sullen shore the day that that troll crush maw was killed that's right i made a damn holiday in a game it was Uh, fantastic Because that's what clerics do. Because that's what clerics do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hit some questions before we run out of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got good questions, and we I, I, I think some of these we've answered, but um, I think it's a good thing. So Knox had, sometimes in order uh, in order for narratives to fit together in a larger theme, some characters might not get might get shorter story parts than theirs. How do you balance an arc so it doesn't favor one character too much or neglect one too much? I would say be careful about favoritism, uh, but at the same time, characters attached to plot arcs. Sometimes they'll grab right in, they'll jump in both feet and just put themselves right on it and run with it. Other players will be like, oh, I'm not really involved in this that much or whatever. Again, their involvement with the plot doesn't necessarily dictate their involvement in the sessions. That's really up to you to make the sessions work for the plot so that everybody's enjoying the game. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you find one player's kind of push in direction, just attach an NPC to a different player. You know, change it up and it's like, oh, if if the, you know, if the fighter is always leading the group and is always talking to every single one of the things, don't make the next character that they have to meet, you know, a, a male noble who he's going to rush right up to it. Make it a kid who's going to go wandering up to somebody else and change mm-hmm. the plot a little bit to make that fit. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I think there's also an aspect of uh, out of character just communication. Oh, totally. Um, you know, I, I think there's a there's a there's an out of character discussion you should definitely be having with your with your with your group. Uh, I know we do it in our breakdown mm-hmm. after our games where totally. we we ask, you know, what was what was the thing you liked the most, and also what was your your pain point? What was yeah. your what what could I have done tonight to make this a better game for you? And that's your opportunity to kind of speak up and say like, well, you know, I, I actually I kind of I'm kind of feeling a little left out of the plot. And, you know, that's that's an open ask for criticism. Right. That is a that is a constructive criticism. I'm actually actively asking you, what can I do to make your game better? Right. And if if that's your criticism, absolutely. That's I mean, you're telling me right to my face that I I should look at my plot and find a way to get your character a little more involved in it. No, I and, agree. and maybe there's opportunities that, you know, maybe there's maybe I put out five plot hooks and you've ignored and or missed all of them, you know. But maybe that's another discussion like, you know, okay, well, 
could you tell me why you didn't pursue this? Can you tell me why you didn't pursue that? And not in an accusatory sense, but obviously whatever plot you're trying to hand that person is not working. Right, right. They're not going for the story that you're trying to tell. So you need to have a discussion about what story they want to have, what they feel they'll they'll latch on to that will get them involved in the plot. Right. And and I think sometimes it's a matter of they don't know how to play their character. Sometimes it's a matter of they don't know how to role play. Like they don't they don't see themselves fitting in right. to the story world, so they yep. they don't talk. And it and it might just simply be false expectations, or or I would say di- uh, different expectations, yeah. not false different expectations. expectations yeah. Definitely, you know, a, a mismatch in yeah. expectations. Mm-hmm. You've got a certain story you're telling. They want something different out of the game, and they're not seeing it, so they're not jumping on what you're handing them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, techno lich. Asks, how do you handle a callback NPC from long ago? Do you have uh, do you give reminder cues, remind the players outright, or just let the players run with their ignorance, uh, provide they don't actually remember and none of the PCs have something like an eidetic memory? You made a great comment on this one when we were uh, talking about it before, and I think it's perfect in the statement. The characters are literally moving sometimes day to day through the story or sometimes week to week, depending on how your jumps are within your story. Yep. Your players, on the other hand, have a life and and their own brains to deal with. Mm-hmm. They, they are not thinking about their character 20 – well, some of them are thinking about their character 24-7. I know those players' types. Yep. But for the most part, they don't have that kind of memory. And so in my personal opinion, don't – don't buck your players like mm-hmm. give them the information if it's somebody that you that is plot specific and is something that they they should maybe notice based on a skill check then make it a skill check sure like sure. it's been 6 months and you haven't seen this assassin and maybe they don't notice the guy in the corner who's disguised that's that's a plot moment mm-hmm. okay that has nothing to do with it but if you're calling back to a dude that they've met before and they're having an open conversation with him sure as hell you're going to tell them about it and then if they're like you know i think he was married to something you know what just roll a history check yeah he was married to this person and blah 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 and just list it all out again cuz yep. they met him they know that yep Right. Exactly. And that'll help them remember. Mm-hmm. Give them that chance for recall. Like this guy looks familiar. Where do I know him from? Well, roll me a intelligence check. Oh, okay. you totally you could no, be like, I totally is, recognize him. You remember you remember a month ago when you were fighting those bandits up in that, that mountain pass and that one guy stabbed you in the chest and dropped you to zero hit points? Yeah. This is the guy. Yeah. Oh shoot. Oh shoot. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. That kind of moment. And it should be one of the mm-hmm. opening things. Not three steps into it, not whatever, unless it's an ambush. Yeah. You know. But as soon as a person should be able to recognize, yeah. give them the opportunity. And even if they fail it, be like, I think you kind of recognize this guy. Yeah. Because there are so many layers of separation between a P- between a PC and 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 their their player. And you know? on top of that, some of us are young, some of us are old, some of us have very detailed lives where we have to remember a lot of details. Some of us kind of have a light existence where mm-hmm. we can just think about dreamy things while we're doing stuff. Some of us are retired. Again, remember that your players are all different. Some of us have memory impairments. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. Constantly. So, uh, so yeah, just, just keep that in mind and, uh, you know, don't just, just remember it's a story. Okay. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Take, take, okay. take, take care of your players. Um, Overwatch, X Files, Bab Five, Lost. There's, uh, is there a show series where your meta plot hooked you in? If so, what was it about it that grabbed you, and could you carry it over to tabletop? Uh, 
This was a difficult question for me because I I consume so much media. You do. I don't know that I have a specific one. Um, Burn Notice is one that I keep coming back to. So you I do. I'm, I'm just going to drop it out there. Okay. Um, I I do. Obviously, I really like the individual jobs that that the crew does. Yeah. Um, as uh, as spies and whatnot, but there's. There's that underlying meta plot and I love that they uh, there's always a callback to it and a lot of times the characters you meet along those jobs start tying into the meta plot so they're not completely right, right. separated and whatnot. And uh, I like how they work together as a crew. They've all got their own plots going on. But again, their own individual plots are all tied into the meta. And they totally transfer to any game system. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. You can convert that right over. Absolutely. I will just say Gravity Falls. Watch it. Yep. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Huge fanboy. Yep. All right, Technolich asks, uh, campaign fatigue. Despite everyone's best efforts, campaigns are bound to have low points. What are some good ways to stoke the flame without rushing past the draggy bits? Why do you have draggy bits? And why aren't you rushing past them? Seriously, skip the draggy bits. If you have draggy bits, you're doing it wrong. If If you have dangling participles, get rid of them. (laughs) If you've got a week of downtime, just just fast forward it. Seriously. Oh, they have to make it across the burning sands desert. No, they don't. They have to make three rolls and maybe take a point of fatigue and suddenly they're on the other side. Three survival checks uh, and that's it. Kill the draggy bits. Draggy bits are, are, are a terrible... If your players don't like the draggy bits because they're calling them draggy bits or you're feeling the... If you as a DM are feeling the draggy bits, get rid of the draggy bits. Yep. Literally. I'm sorry, Technolich. It's the easiest thing I can tell you. Get rid of your draggy bits. Uh, this, the second thing I can I can add in there, though, is a callback. <laughs> just, just just remember that, uh, like I said, your, your villains have stuff uh, yeah. going on, too. So if, uh, if your PCs have downtime and you feel like it's a draggy bit, like people don't know where to go, have the villain act. Yeah, exactly. Have have whatever the big bad evil guy is. Uh, Throw have the something. Thieves guild go have, jump in there. Have their henchmen do something to try and get the honor of the bad guy. Like yeah. you know, have an orc leader be like, you know, I might be able to get a rank up if I go and kill these people, and they're mm-hmm. just sitting around at this town. And maybe, raise the town. And maybe that's a great way to get to get some exposition on your main villain. Sure. You know, maybe later when they do have that confrontation, <laughs> you're gonna they're gonna see that villain henchman there, and they're gonna be like. That's that jerk that burned down the village on us. And the the main big bad evil guy is going to turn to him and go, did you do this? Did you burn down a whole village? Well, yes, sir. I, I thought it was what you were looking for. And have him execute him. Right there. I'm sorry. He should not have done something so dishonorable. There's no need to bring innocence into this. Our quarrel is between he's, us. He's lawful evil. He should never have done that. Now that he is out of the picture, let's fight. Yeah. You know? Or, or likewise, you could have the Dr. Evil like – what you raised a village for me? That is so sweet. Oh, right. come over here and like show some initiative. That is fantastic. And you know, can we get a round of applause, everyone? <laughs> that was that was. I didn't even know you did that. Somebody yep. get this man a gold star. You know so, that kind of a thing. So you could do it both ways. So you yeah, know? if 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 your if your heroes aren't advancing the plot, have your villain do it. There you go. All there right, hit it. Uh, the Mad Elf. No plan survives contact with the enemy. So once you have your big story arc and pieces, you need to move uh, the story along. How do you keep your players within the arc? Uh, when they suddenly go left and the only, so you thought, option was to turn right. Uh, well, my solution, as I said earlier, is to write both left and right yep. and forward and up and down. And uh, that way – But don't write farther. But but don't write any farther than that. My Wait other to thing, see what choice they make and yeah. then write what's up, down, left, right, and center from that. And my answer is this. Shift your plot. Yep. That's as, It's as simple as that. If your players shift you, shift the plot. Yep. It Or – Make that option the option that they that you want it to be. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to take the if they jump on a boat and sail away from the town, that that ship has to go port somewhere, and that port just happens to be where you need them to go next. Yep. 
It happens. Yep, exactly. So it's the uh, illusion of free will is what my brother. Yeah. So you can do it either way. Yeah. I would say uh, our next topic is going to be a huge pain in our uh, keister. Uh, what are you thinking? World building. I think either world building or yeah, yeah, world building, world building. At least getting into it because we'll, we'll we'll do world building. I'll be off for a week. You can do some fun stuff in between, and then we'll uh, we'll kind of come back to things, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of keep because world building is going to be big. World building's huge, yeah. It's going to be big, and I think we should we should talk about tools. We should talk about other stuff, and like if there's things specifically about world building you guys want to know, please shoot us questions. We're going to keep talking about this topic for a while, probably. Yeah, by all means, hit us up on Discord, uh, or uh, you know you can tweet at us yes. at uh, uh, at st underscore conclave. Uh, we are also on Instagram. At st underscore conclave, uh, you can join us on Discord. I fully encourage that. Yeah, we also need to uh, pin up our uh, Patreon on the Discord. Yeah, we need that, to pin that up was Patreon a on that the was Discord a topic. Well. Kate, would you bring us into some music? Let us wrap this up with art. Thank you very much to our patron members, uh, Knox specifically. You're doing a wonderful job of supporting us, and we love that. And the rest of our patron members who are helping us every single show know that. Our uh, intro music is Beyond the Warriors by Gooey Frog, and the outro music, which Kate just dropped for us, is Only Our Footprints in the Sand by Midair Machine. You can find those at freemusicarchive.org. Uh, we broadcast every week at Podcast Detroit, and you can find them online at podcastdetroit.com, on Twitter at Podcast Detroit. Uh, and a big shout out to our, uh, to our engineer, Kate. Thank you so much, as always. Uh, and one last big shout out to our families and our friends, uh, Vicky and Sean, uh, everybody who's gamed with us throughout the years, and you, our listeners. We love you, and good night. Good night, everybody. Mm-hmm.